Welcome to this season finale of Inboxing, season one. I'm Hillel Berg, your host, and Inboxing has been an amazing adventure for me personally, and I'm really excited to do season two. And with that said, I'm looking for sponsors for season two. Our audience has been growing week to week, and it's all email marketing people for the most part, marketers and people interested in email marketing. So if you're looking to sell a product or just get more exposure to your brand, speak to me. And you can check out all the offers at hillelberg.com slash sponsor. And without further ado, please enjoy the season finale. Welcome to another episode of Inboxing. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, last episode was with Ross Andrew Paquette. Anyway, but that's not the point. The point is today we're here to talk about the Apple Pixel, which is like the hottest topic in email since, I don't know, the subject line. But <laughs> we're going to have fun with this. I got four amazing panelists here, real good friends. And it's always great when email geeks get together and talk about topics most people don't care about. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll choose some one at a time like a game show host. So the first person we got here is from Action Rocket. Please welcome Jay Orem. Jay, say hey. hello to everybody. All right, hey. welcome Jay. From Email Ventures, please welcome Yana Tori Asprocki. Hello, everybody. From Socket Labs, which doesn't sound like an email platform, please welcome Lauren Meyer. Hello, it is an email platform, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to point that out. And from Flourish and Grid, please welcome Emily McGuire. Hey. Wow, welcome everybody. This is so cool. Feels like uh, Hollywood Squares a little bit. <laughs> I'm loving it. So let's just go like clockwise. So Jay, why don't you start and uh, introduce yourself? Okay, I'm a senior coder and interactive email specialist at Action Rocket. So I deal with developing the code for getting all those emails working. That's what I do day to day. Excellent. X gets the square. Go ahead, Yanatori. Hi, so I'm Yanatori. I'm an email deliverability specialist. So I remind people to not buy lists and to send less emails all the time. Awesome. <laughs> Lauren, take it away. All right. I am the EVP of product marketing and brand strategy for Socket Labs, which makes me sound a lot like a marketer, but I'm actually mostly a deliverability geek. So I am very much like Yanatori and, and just trying to help people be better email senders. All right. And Emily? Hi, I own Flourish and Gret. I'm an email marketing agency. And we help people nurture people and profits with email marketing. All right. And I'm Hillel Berg, I'm the host of Inboxing. And I also have an agency, and it was Hillel Berg Email Marketing, where we do consultancy. And we also help people build their emails and send them up and make them profitable. So, all right. Welcome, everybody. All right. So let's jump right in. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Jay. In 60 seconds, Alex, tell us what's going on. What is the panic about this Apple <laughs> Pixel? So they are grabbing all of the images that you send when you send your email. They're going to grab them as soon as you send them and then send some kind of obfuscated signal back to your email service provider. So it'll either be all of the images are downloaded, um, and in which case, if you're using an open tracking pixel, um, it means that it will just say that it's been delivered. It won't be opened. So you'll lose the way that someone opens your email. Um, and if you're using live images, which are updated when you open the email, they won't work in the same way anymore. So if you're using such something like a countdown timer and you, when you open it, you would get like the latest time, now that won't work anymore because it'll be, uh, the image will just be like cached from when you send it. So there's a couple of things that are changing. All right. 
Uh, Yana Tori, you want to want to add anything to that? As a deliverability specialist, I think Lauren's going to agree with me. Opens are not exactly the most precise statistic out there, like most things that track things. So to me, it's not that much of a big panic. You shouldn't be relying on that anyways, because if you have really bad deliverability, you might have spam filters, you know, check your emails a little bit more before people even receive it. So if you sent an email out and in like three microseconds, you've got 300 opens, probably people haven't even received the email yet, you know? So those opens or those clicks might not be real. So to me, it's not news. It's just now it's public and now people can panic and annoy me about it and annoy everyone else here (laughs) about it. (laughs) All right, Lauren, you want to add something? Sure, yeah. I think, you know, one thing I'll add is just the fact that Apple really is is kind of like making a big play about this, like even just the name, right? Mail privacy protection, right? That sounds amazing. And so who doesn't want that? I mean, I I want that. So I think it's just that they're really trying to push it hard with their their customers. I think Brian Cieselak yesterday uh, from Peak Inbox mentioned that they're expecting about like a 70% adoption rate of this for in the first two months. So it's just, they're really going to be, asking users, prompting them, do you want to be tracked? Do you want this? And, and so I think it's, you know, they're really kind of, kind of framing tracking pixels as like spy pixels and things like that. So I think that's, you know, from the outside view, these users don't really understand what this change means, why it's such a bad thing to be tracking opens, what we're doing with that information. So I think that's a big challenge for us to overcome. Right. Right. Emily? Yeah. So um, not much that I can add here because everybody's pretty well covered it. But (laughs) I think a a couple caveats to think about in terms of this. And I think that, you know, I agree that this is a marketing play, right? Like this is a this is a PR play by Apple to make them appear to have privacy front and center in terms of their users as a priority. (laughs) Um, But um, the co- the caveat on this is one, it applies to Apple Mail, right? Like, so not everybody is using the Mail app on their phone, right? And not everybody is relying on Apple Mail, right? So that's a that's a per- maybe not a small percentage, but I think I looked up like eighty five percent of mobile opens are from the Apple Mail app, right? So mm-hmm. it largely depends on your audience and how much of your audience is opening emails on a mobile and b Apple Mail. And then the other piece of that too is, you know, an open rate isn't perfect, right? And we need to take that into consideration when we're talking about this as a metric to be concerned about. And then the final thing is, People have to opt into it, like Lauren said. So that assumes that people understand what this is why it's, what, and why they should do it. And then on top of that, take the action to actually do that. So I think it's, it's fun to freak out about new things, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, definitely a big yeah, freaking out is, is a good way to describe at least the atmosphere. I think most people are actually are pretty calm, but I, I sort of like the media like the apocalypse <laughs> um yeah. and it's interesting from where i'm sitting like i see a, a lot of conflicting things and things that i'm thinking is is sort of like yeah well what if i'm you know marketing to asia and the number of apple users is like almost nil but then i'm reading other mm-hmm. places where i'm seeing that you know it doesn't matter the open metric became garbage because even if some of your list is mm-hmm. is apple and it just shows 100 but then can you just track that and segment them out like yeah, if yeah. you have like, the right tools to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I can still run an A B test on open rates as long as, you know, like I'm just looking at the non Apple users. Like if I could pull them out of that. And then whoever won, yeah, guess what? Apple people will get all that 
that winning subject line or whatever you're testing. Is that, yeah, but does that make sense? Yeah, but there's also the part of like, you know, let's say I send out like the most amazing email. Everybody opens it and nobody buys my product. I don't care that they open the email at all. I just wasted money and resources mm -hmm. on like amazing copy. One, they might not even have received it. Okay. And you can still get that open. So like, watch out. If you guys are sending from Yahoo, please change it to at least a Gmail or please buy a domain. You might, you know, nobody got your email and who cares? Nobody did what I wanted them to do at the end of the day. My email might've been cool but my business is not growing right so opens are good metric just like you know like a pedometer when you run but that's not enough to see if you're actually healthy or you're doing things correctly right well we shouldn't worry too much at least that's my my opinion like don't worry too much about it it's just one of those millions of factors you have to look at yeah okay. i mean i think open rates should be best used as like a directional metric and this is why we love them in deliverability because we're looking at that long trend to say if your open rate's typically 30% and all of a sudden it kind of starts to go downhill or it drops off a cliff, then you know that something's wrong and you can go into those destination levels and say, what's my open rate at Hotmail versus Gmail versus Yahoo, right? So I think that that is really helpful information, but it's not something that like, I'm not going to call it a success just because the open rate's high. I'm going to just look for it in terms of what does that look like in terms of inbox placement and, and performance. So I think that's, it depends on how you're using it. That's the, the people that are freaking out are the ones that are probably over-reliant on open rates. Yeah, absolutely. I and just to echo all of that, like, I think the the assumption underneath a lot of uh, tactics around email marketing, especially for beginners or people who aren't, you know, immersed in this area, is that an open means a conversion, or it will mean automatically, right? And that's not a given, you know, I've tested email campaigns that one subject line had a much higher open rate, but the lower open rate had double the conversions. So we can't make that assumption that an open automatically means that you're going to achieve your goals with your email marketing, right? Yeah. No, it's like, you know, I think we've all seen this where, you know, you have an over-promising subject line, you know, yeah. and you just killed it, you know, like under, under, <laughs> you know, tease the open, you know, and then over deliver on the on the actual content and the offer. You know, you know, and to just pipe pipe up your your subject line to get people to open the email, and then be like, oh, that's not a great deal. Next, yeah. anyway, yeah. I've seen people yeah. take shortcuts because of that too, right? Like people mm. think, oh, we got to really trick people to open, and they do these really what they assume are clever subject lines, but what they end up doing is just upsetting people. And yeah, your open rate may have gone up, but your unsubscribe rate also went up, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So like that motivation can really hurt an email program for sure. For sure. All right, let's jump to the next question. All right, why should marketers, business owners, and you know, email marketers and marketers and email business owners care? Jay. From a development point of view, um, so literally just building the emails and none of the other amazing deliverability stuff that I know nothing about. There are things like uh, we use open tracking pixels to tell how many people might use dark mode. We use open tracking pixels to tell um, maybe if someone uses a mobile versus a desktop open. Um, also, another thing is not just the open tracking pixels, it's um, the headers that get returned when they ask for an image. So. That might tell us if they're using iOS Mail or Apple Mail. So we're losing all of that granularity in our data to say whether we want to send interactive emails that may only work in Apple Mail. If we don't know if anyone's using it, we can't kind of 
decide whether we want to put some more money into it for our the return on investment for something like that. Um, and the same with dark mode. If you don't know if anyone's using dark mode, maybe you're not going to bother optimizing your emails for dark mode. So a few things like that, that I think all of that things should make people think, well, how are we going to get this information? How, how are we going to find out this information that we need to know really upfront before we start investing in all these different technologies or different processes or different designs? So the reason that people should care is kind of that, that data that we've kind of taken for granted that we're having, we now need to find a new way of getting it. And I, I think the best way is to talk to our recipients and find out what they use and get to know them and know your audience and something like that. Um, and then after that, then you can kind of figure out what you're going to do. So I think that that's why we should care because we've yeah we've lo- we're losing the data that some people do rely on and um, even though even not just the open tracking. Um, another thing actually is IP addresses are going to be hidden and also the hide my email so people might not be using the same email address they'll be using this Apple email address. So although open tracking is like the the headline that everyone's kind of freaking out about, there are quite a lot of other things that this mail privacy protection is adding. Um, so it's, a, it's just all coming at once. So. Yeah, definitely something that people should should think about. Won't, won't all that blocking make it just so much easier to just tar- like like if you have zero data on your client, you know, it just looks like a hundred percent. They open every email, you know, like wouldn't just be like, okay, that guy's obviously Apple, and then yeah, I mean that that's true actually. Yeah, you, you it'll be it could be that every everyone that automatically opens within the first millisecond is going to be from Apple, and so yeah, I guess you can. You can know that, but we don't know how ESPs are going to handle it yet. So no one said whether they're going to say that 100% are opens. No one said they're going to, they might just get rid of all of the opens and, and no one would know anymore. So yeah, there, there is a bit of information we need to hear from the email service providers and the email clients to know what kind of information we're going to get as well. So there's a lot to think about. And also, it is also still in beta um, and doesn't actually go live until September. So there's quite mm-hmm. a lot that could change in that time from the way they're handling things now. So even though we're trying to prepare as best we can, um, that it might well change. All right. YT, you want to add anything? Uh, for me, it's more uh, to remind people that you need to humanize what you do when it comes to email. Like we've all been to a store and they ask us for an email address and we're like, oh, great. Now I'm going to get like 20 billion Best Buy emails. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we forget when we're on the marketing side and we're like, hmm, how should we make money this month? let's send some emails, right? We forget what people want. And on a deliverability standpoint, as much as it can be super duper technical, the technicality, the laws, everything surrounds the fact that we're trying to cater to humans. So if humans don't like this, the spam filters will penalize you. If you're buying lists and you're emailing people you don't know, the spam filters are going to penalize you. So marketers should care about this in a sense of trying to see beyond those like very nice statistics of having, oh, I have this 1% bounce rates, everything's okay. And not only to focus on the on the opens, which might be more difficult to to gauge now if we don't know if people are opening or like like to say the the flip side of what you guys said, if you know if everybody opens, then maybe they're using Apple Mail. I would say, well, if they have really bad deliverability and a lot of businesses think they have good deliverability because they think their customers love their emails and they do not and spam filters are penalizing them or at least double checking them so you might get some people that have open emails uh that seem to be opening emails and clicking on links and they never have you know so it would be important to take the time right now especially that things haven't changed yet to create some baselines on other metrics so that when the changes do get implemented you have something to compare to because if you were looking at open rates and now you cannot and now you're looking at sales and you don't have the data the way you needed it then you don't know, are you doing better? Are you doing worse? And what you said was great. Like you have to get to know your customers better. 
email lists are, are way cooler than like Instagram follows. You, you can get to know your people. You can like stalk them, stalk them. They're coming on your website. You're, they're doing things. That's literally the whole point of this. You should be able to stalk them a little bit less. You mm-hmm. should check what people are doing. And everybody says this on the marketing all the way to the technical disability side. You can have like 100 people on your list and make a lot of money versus having 10,000, 20,000 people on your list. And you're just sending this generic message and no one likes receiving them. So if you don't like receiving them, uh, you're not special enough that your customers like it more, you know? All right. Lauren? Um, cool. Yeah. So I think, you know, one one reason why we should care is probably the fact that once this change does hit, I, do, I think we're going to see some changes in your metrics. So if you're not aware of this change or you kind of don't know what the baseline was before, you're going to be like, oh, my God, everything's changing. And yeah, you're going to freak out. Right. So I do think it just kind of be prepared and, and know what the changes might look like because you've investigated your audience and your breakdown and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, I fully support that idea of like progressive profiling, which is, I think, a term that Chad White once used. Um, but yeah, like really just ask your customer stuff, right? You can ask during that that account creation process, even if you're just sending them emails, like get creative. You can put little quizzes in your emails. You can ask for replies. You can do all kinds of things. And all this stuff is great for deliverability as well, because you're, you're kind of getting them to engage with your emails in ways that are kind of fun and, and creative. So I do think it's you know, we've just we've just been relying so heavily on open rates and it's kind of become a crutch. And so I think it's one of those like a lot of marketers are going to feel the pain of just like, wow, I actually have to think about this again. I can't just do business as usual. Like, uh oh, you know, mm-hmm. and so figure like a lot of those those tools and Jay touched upon this. And, and you know, it's that idea like if you're using strategies or, or maybe tools that are, you know, marketing automation and, and they're really heavily reliant on open tracking. So figure like subject line testing, um, send time optimization, targeting recipients via geographic location, because we're not going to have that IP location anymore. Um, you know, even just doing engagement segmentation that's that's based on open activity, like that stuff won't work anymore. So you're going to kind of have to rethink your strategy a little bit. And so yeah, I, I just think it's one of those we have time. As Jay said, it's not going to start until September. We don't know what the final outcome is going to be, but I think it's just knowing that you're not going to have that data. Just have a plan. Start creating the plan. Brainstorm. Watch all these episodes of different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Emily? So ditto what everybody said so far. I'm just going to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I will start next question with you. That way, you know, I'll go around the other way. But, you know, basically, you know, just echoing what everybody said so far, like if you are relying on open rates as your primary metric of the success of your email campaigns, then it's time to dig deeper, right? And it's time to get more focused on what is it exactly is is it that you want your emails to do? And how can you measure that engagement outside of them, right? Um, or build an infrastructure to do that. So it's just going to require um, a lot more focus and some strategy work. But also just keep in mind that this is just Apple mail. <laughs> um, I think that we get freaked out sometimes that we think oh, every single email subscriber is going to go through this thing mm-hmm. and we're not going to have any opens. And, and although they do make a big market, uh, make up a big market share, like it isn't all of your database it's not all your data so there is some things that you'll still be able to glean but it's just going to be trickier and i think it also just puts a spotlight on the fact that like metrics aren't perfect you know data isn't perfect that they're uh, just because we assume that it says what it is doesn't mean that it's actually the thing it says what it is right an open isn't an Mm -hmm. open as everybody else has already said right so yeah, we should care because I care about email too. So <laughs> I care about everybody. <laughs> All right. Back to you. So are all companies going to be affected by this? 
so basically no i don't think so i mean again well it depends on your audience right like not every audience is checking their emails um primarily on mobile right you might have a business where your customers tend to be more desktop folks so it really just depends on who your subscribers are what their behaviors are like what tech they're using so I don't think that all businesses will be affected extremely. It might just be a little bit for some people, right? Go on the other way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think it kind of touches on what we were talking about in the last question, which is just like, you know, the people that are heavily reliant on marketing automation or certain things are going to have to rethink this. But, you know, again, and developers are going to have a harder time knowing what devices people are using and, and you know, <laughs> geolocation is going to be really, really tough. All that stuff is, is very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, anybody who's using... The, the Gmail app or the Yahoo app or the Hotmail app, anybody who's not using the native Apple mail app is, is really not affected. So yeah, to Emily's right. point, it's not a huge deal. It's not everybody. So my turn? Okay. It's so, your turn, yeah. <laughs> okay, so just so that people um, know if they, if they don't already, people who use like the desktop version of Microsoft and haven't changed their settings, the tracking pixel or the images might not have been downloaded anyways. So we already had wrong information back in the day, which was like now back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe Apple is starting this thing, but we've seen that the whole privacy thing has become extremely important across the world. We've seen the laws pass, you know, that's why the whole uh, email is bad, you know, has been kind of been going on forever. And, and once again, we have to remember what we like and what we don't like that businesses are doing to us. And when we're doing it to other people, we should probably stop. And I believe that as time progresses, other companies are going to be trying to do the same thing. So it's important to be looking at these other metrics. Anyways, they weren't that precise in the past. They're not going to be any more precise. And it's just going to be more complicated. It doesn't mean that email doesn't work and email cannot bring money or cannot you know, show people that remind people that you exist. But you need to remember that these things are probably, it's not going to be um, rolled back. I think more and more companies in the next couple of years, not in the next couple of months, are going to be doing the same thing just because privacy is such an important factor. So you just have to be more, I don't know, harsher with your strategies. And instead of waking up one day and saying, oh, maybe I should make some more money and send more emails to this CSV file I found somewhere on my computer, probably take the time to look at your, their audience and understand them a lot more. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you guys should still make changes and still progress, even if it doesn't affect you, just because the day, you know, I don't know, Gmail decides it's also, they're also going to be doing the same thing. A lot of businesses are going to have issues because in, in, especially in the United States uh, uh, or America, Gmail is quite a big portion of our list. And sometimes the domains, we don't, we forget that domains can be using G Suite or they can be using, you know, Microsoft Office or Office 365. So it's still Gmail and Hotmail on the back, even though it's a domain. So do you make some, you know, base metrics you can rely on just in case everyone decides to, you know, protect everyone's privacy, which is a normal thing, I assume. Annoying, but normal. <laughs> there is actually that there's some reports actually of Gmail starting to prefetch images as well. So only in testing. So it could, could be sooner than we think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I wonder out loud, and I wrote this on, my article, which Lauren also wrote for OnGage. But are we going to see, like, you know, everyone here knows Dan Oshinsky's uh, thing, you know, uh, what's it, the not a newsletter? So you have to click to get to see the newsletter. So, like, you think you'll see more of that? Like, everyone's just, let's go for the click. We want to make money. Jane, take it away. 
No, exactly what Yana was saying. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the whole point of an email. Like, um, we may have gone too far down the line of putting everything in an email and trying to, like, we don't need to build in email app experiences and interactive quizzes and all that stuff in email, although that's the kind of fun stuff I like to do. The whole idea is really to get those people, like, from the inbox onto your website to take an action. Um, and the focus might have been lost a little bit if people were just looking at opens, then definitely should be looking at uh, click through rates or. Um, yeah, I guess it won't be click to open rates anymore, but just click through rates um, mm -hmm. to try and kind of figure out how to get people to the website. Will clicks give that data? Like if an Apple Mail person clicks a link, will they know it came from an Apple device? As long as you're still using like uh, UTM tracking links or on website tracking links that still work with uh, first, first party cookies and not third party cookies, then nothing will change in that respect. Um, if you've got Google okay. Analytics set up on your store and someone lands and the UTM says email, then the Apple is not changing that currently. So it uh -huh. should still be fine. All right. That's interesting. You're just tying that data back to your ESP. That'll be the trick. Yes. Yeah, so quite a lot of the clients I've spoke to, the, the main thing is that they don't really have a joint up data system that goes from email to website or to app mm -hmm. or anything they're like the website team is completely siloed from the email team so mm -hmm. no one knows whether someone's been on the website for 10 hours shopping <laughs> or they've they've opened the email once in the last six months and they're all of a sudden in a unengaged segment even though they've shopped like 50 times so <laughs> um joining up that data is going to be like what well, that's one of the things that we've spoken to a lot of our clients about is just yeah if there's data there but you've just not put it together just yet so maybe that's something to to think about yeah, talking to ESPs, like I'm seeing that's become a big focus of, of trying to pull all the data points mm -hmm. into the ESP. All right, that's interesting. All right, let's let's move on. All right, so yeah, so how can customers, you know, how do, what are they actually going to be doing to prepare? You're the well, marketer. What am I doing to, you know, for the apocalypse, for this uh, Apple privacy thing? Do I, you know, yeah, go ahead. Jay, take it away. I mean, I think have a look at everything you've got set up and have like make a list of all the data that you have coming in and start recording it and placing it somewhere. So all those click all those opens you've got now, all those click throughs you've got now, all that data, start making a list, putting it all together so that when something does change, you can have a record of what's happened. And if your KPI some of the clients I spoke to, their KPIs are tied to email engagement or open rates or something like that so it's time to start having that conversation with your manager to say in the next few months we're going to have 100 percent open rates so my bonus is going to be massive or actually it's <laughs> going to change so maybe we should have a look at changing our kpis um so yeah loads of things like that and i think lauren said earlier about like if your um automation is based on someone opening your email then you're going to want to think about possibly changing that as well so just kind of look at what you're doing already and yeah think about it a bit more all right. YT? Oof, there's so many things you can do, but <laughs> I was like, which one of these times, like, should I stick to the deliverability stuff or not? I will a little bit. But yes, that, that automation, that last comment is very important. We saw it last year during the pandemic. You know, we all got those like, oh, it's your birthday. Can we, um, uh, here's a coupon for free ice cream and everything was closed. And like, what, what about half of my free ice cream? What am I going to do? So <laughs> double check your automation, especially if they're based on, on uh, opens. Because or else you can you're gonna have a lot of emails being shot out for no absolutely no reason. But one thing that I think is a good advice is adding those UTM links. Most businesses, uh, even 
quite medium to quite medium medium to large businesses don't do that just because they don't have somebody that can take the time to look at all these analytics and it's a fairly easy thing to do you just like how to add a utm link in an in an url which will give you some more information it would be nice to have that information for a couple of months and not only after you you know the changes have happened because then you have to restart a baseline as if you had a new business so that's one thing that they can prepare the other thing would be to educate everyone in the business that gets to tell you what to do. And as email or like even just people who are not maybe in email, but just marketers. I mean, we all know that, you know, the higher it goes, the more emails they want us to send. They don't care what the message is as much. You know, here's a nice poster that's like 36 inches by like 42 inches. Can you slap it in an email and send it? And we always have to fight against the logical, no, we can't do that. And we still have to do it because they force us. So start educating people now because... Just like if you're going to fail all your KPIs or maybe get a billion dollar bonus because all the your KPIs are 100% open, uh, you might end up with problems that are not because you've created problems or you didn't know because no one else understands these changes and that it affects the way you do your job because they don't they just don't know what happened and like it doesn't matter Apple it doesn't matter and it's like no no it it it, it does matter for some people when um, it matters for most and the email statistics are already so. A little bit, I'm going to say a little bit, but they can be very skewed because no one knows what's happening in deliverability. So it's important to have all these other metrics to begin with anyway. So get as much data as you can because all of the data is already, eh, you know. <laughs> <Very important. laughs> All right. I guess I think I'm up in the order. So I'll say uh, a couple tips for you guys. I think first, um, just take a deep breath because this is not the end of the world. As we've been saying, email open rates have been flawed for a long time. So this, you know, this is not terrible thing. I think also, you know, the change isn't happening for a while. So you do have time to get your kind of email opening ducks in a row, if you will. Um, and, and honestly, who knows, because depending on how this is implemented, which we're all still trying to figure out, um, we may even end up discovering some new insights or angles that actually help us be better at what we're doing, right? So for example, um, if they're not loading images for emails that land in the spam folder, then then maybe now we can know which emails are going to the inbox and which ones aren't. So that could be a really cool thing. Um, there's lots of different examples. So I think it's just going to be, you know, we got to wait for, for time to tell. Um, my second tip is to embrace consumer privacy, because I think the writing's been on the wall about this one for quite a while. I mean, GDPR has, has reached its two-year mark. So this has been coming. So I think you really just need to embrace it. Don't spend your time trying to kind of work around this or figure out how you can kind of still track the opens. Like, just move on. Embrace what's what's actually happening in the world. Consider the bigger picture. I think a lot of times email performance is so heavily focused on just like today's campaign did well, yesterday's campaign didn't do so well. So really consider like the, the, the real holistic view of your email program, right? And I think this, you know, somebody mentioned like you're sending all these emails, you're not seeing any activity, but meanwhile, they've made 50 purchases on your website. Like clearly they're engaged. They love your brand probably. So I think it's just mm -hmm. considering all of that stuff as, as part of your decision-making. And then also I say, hold on to your chairs and prepare for new innovation because we are a very resourceful bunch of email geeks. And I think email is always evolving. Honestly, um, we've evolved into this way of, of using open rates in many, many different ways. But I think we're just going to see that the industry will shift and pivot and find something new and cool to focus on for a while. So I think this is going to be an exciting time. All right. You're last again. I just feel like all I'm doing is nodding. I'm like, yes, what they, what they, what they said. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but basically, I'm just going to double down on the education piece, which was already mentioned, and maybe take it a step further and go ahead and create yourself a one sheet. Because no matter how much education you do with your uh, company and your leadership, they're still going to keep asking you what's up with our open rates. <laughs> 
So uh, <laughs> go ahead and just literally keep, create yourself a one sheet, a couple of sentences, maybe a few bullet points on why open rates aren't 100% accurate to begin with and why Apple blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Because just copy and paste that stuff over. You're going to just keep copying and pasting it again <laughs> and again, sending it to people. Because, yeah, I feel like that's usually the biggest uh, challenge with email marketing is just getting leadership and key decision makers to understand what's going on. And uh, so anyway, create, go ahead and create yourself a one sheet because you're going to need it. All right. We got a question from Sergey Sierkin. I hope I said his name right. Um, so, guys, what are our thoughts about transactional emails? And, and he gives an example. Let's say I bought a ticket for a bus, but the schedule has been changed for departure and the company sent me an alert via email. Previously, they could see I opened the email and saw the message and now they have no idea. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, so this for, is fine. Uh, okay. So one thing that I would, uh, that's very important, we're all email geeks and we can talk about email 24-7 nonstop. We forget that everything we're doing in order to make more money or to, you know, to grow our presence online is to take all the things we're doing and make them work together, right? It's not emails, one channel and websites, another channel. So one thing that people can do is maybe focus on how the website works. So when people do end up, maybe instead of, Hey, there's an alert in your, in your account, or there's an alert, or there's a change about your, I don't know, your, is that your bus train ticket for a bus? And then you end up on the website, which is then going to give you the information of I've seen it or I have not seen it. But as deliverability people, we know that sometimes that click can be faked. So having people do an extra step uh, might help out. The whole point here is to ensure that you're not just looking at your email statistics separately, like everyone said it here. This is what people are doing on the email. This is what people are doing on the website. That's not enough um, information. So if people are responding to the email, they're doing something in the email, and they're not doing anything later, maybe try and make them do something later and be able to track it correctly because you're absolutely right. If you have no idea what's happening and you're putting all that important information in that email and you're making all those decisions based on that fake data, this one is what I'm just going to call it, open clicks, whatever, can be false, then you have to start thinking about how to make things work together. And I know a lot of businesses are not doing that, at least not properly or not as well. You know, you have the marketing department that's taking care of social media and then you have the email team and then you have a designer that's right in the middle and is trying to make everything look good. Make sure everybody works better together and make sure that you have a, a subscriber lifecycle that includes everything you're doing and not just what's happening in that email because that data can be can be wrong. So I know we love email. Um, I just want to call out that I think this would be a fantastic use case for SMS, because if we're talking about somebody who has a change in their bus schedule, that's pretty important information. And I would be very open to receiving that on my my phone, like as, as an SMS text, right? So I think that's one thing. But also, I don't know about all of you, but I don't typically find that people are tracking opens on their transactional mails. Like, honestly, you know, for me, for deliverability purposes, I'm like, well, what are their open rates? And they're like, we don't track that. So so I think it's, you know, it's not to say it's a moot point because there definitely are people who are tracking it. But I would be surprised to hear that there was a business, especially one who has kind of table stake stuff like, hey, you got to catch your bus because that's the way you're going to be happy with our service. I, I would be surprised if they're reliant on open rates to determine whether somebody has been informed of a change in their itinerary or not. All right. Awesome. So is this like the end of the open rate? Are we just going to move on from it? Can we say and it's dead? Emily... You can start. Is the open rate? Right? No, I'm going to show your door. That's what I'm going for. Open rates are dead. Long live, I don't know, something else. Let's start with inbox right. first, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a vanity metric. So, I mean, 
it's nice to have. But I mean, the pro- so I, I feel so bad for people because, you know, not everybody has really great data and analytic resources on their teams. And so you are relying on vanity metrics most of the time if you don't have like a deep data process or system in place. So I think it's, we got to just start thinking about it in different ways, engagement, like everybody said, and, and take opens with a grain of salt. They're not the end all be all. They never were, but you know, do what you can with it. So I think uh, back to your point previously about that one cheater, which I actually wrote that down because it's such a a wonderful idea. Um, But yeah, I think we're going to do a lot of education on this over and over again. So I think as long as open rates are still a metric that lives within ESP reporting, we're not going to see it dead. I I don't think it's going to be dead because, you know, we've been talking about the fact that this change doesn't even impact everyone. Like you're still going to have an open rate. It's just not going to be as accurate, which it already wasn't. I think honestly, it was more than 10 years ago that Lauren McDonald wrote an article called Email Open Rates Must Die. And I think he's still, he's still alive, but he's, he's, he's prepared to die on that hill, I think. So, you know, I, honestly, I, I think they'll still be around, but that's where we just need to do all the education with people to, tr- to teach them how to properly use them and to continue to beat that drum on just how inaccurate they potentially could be for you. Right. I think the best thing we have for the open rate is just, you know, comparing your campaigns, you know, just seeing, okay, that did better than that one. <laughs> you know, it's just, it doesn't really matter, you know, it could be 10 and two, you know, just as long and, and how faulty the metric is, as long as it's the same faulty on both emails, you know, yeah. so that's anyway, consistently right. yeah. <laughs> wrong in the same degree. Anyway, why, why T you want to take, you want to add anything to uh, this? Me was just more like, tell people that are not email geeks from the marketing department about this. Like sometimes I feel like us, we all talk to each other. So like you said, you're nodding a lot and whatever you guys say, I'm like, yeah, this year they're right. And whatever I say, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah she's right. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to take this outside the email geek zone and let other people know who don't even know emails a thing. You know, they think they can make a million dollars with an Instagram class. Email is way cooler than that. And that's not because we're email geeks. It is okay. Statistically, Check the, the check the stacks online about email marketing, um, but it's important to let other people know outside outside your business. Tell your mom, tell your parents, tell somebody in the middle of the street. Hey, do you do email marketing? Do you have a business? Go to your vet and tell them because we know this, and we'll we'll tell our companies and we'll tell our businesses or our clients. But we need the regular people who are using you know like a free version of Cake Mail or a free version of Mailchimp. Hey, by the way, open rates and that like statistic, you know, like I know Mailchimp has it where you can compare yourself to. To, um, to people in your industry. We need to tell those people that don't have a domain, they don't have anything authenticated, they don't have anything, they're buying lists, that they're also their open rates is not very good. You can have, you can be inboxing zero emails and have an open rate of 30%. So, you know, there's other things to look at. Just make people fall into a spiral of email uh, educational resource kind of thing. It's very important. Jay? I don't think I can add much more. Apart from it was already faulty, so we know it's a faulty metric, so it's fine. Yeah, it always sucks <laughs> being last, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you might not be able to answer this, but will ESPs make it easy to segment out Apple people? It's already possible. I mean, most tools have a segmentation tool, and just uh, you put the the send to, and then just put at Apple or whatever it's Apple.com, right? They used to have another one, iCloud. Is iCloud also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, iCloud.com or whatever. Oh, I mean, no, but you can have an email address from anything, you know, like, and you're using an Apple device. Like, oh, no, yeah, that too. Oh, though, they won't be able to do that. But they'll be able to take out the Apple ones immediately, fairly easily. 
if the, yeah, the like uh, he said the tracking link won't work to tell you who's using it so you will not know so now you're gonna have to dig deeper in those stats yeah but it'll be the people that, like we talked this a little bit before like the people that have a hundred percent open rates hundred <laughs> percent you know like yeah, that's not precise either it, like bad deliverability means people spam filters click on a link 300 times so they're always right. going to be open or security <laughs> measures. If you're, if you're sending emails to a university address or like a very secure email address, it will also maybe be always zero or always a hundred. So, okay. uh, so it's all crap. All right. Let's look at other data. The tools are there. I think uh, ESPs, if they can do it, they'll try and help. I hope that's yes. kind of the hope they will try and be there mm-hmm. and they'll be like, yeah, the, these people opened and we're pretty sure they're from Apple. So like you, you now know that these people are probably Apple mail users. <laughs> so, do what you want with this data, but we're going to try and give you it as best we can. I think that's what right. they'll try and do. Um, yeah, I would think they'd try to do that and then pull that out of the open metric. Like, like you know, like they should be doing that already with like, you know, security. Anyone they're seeing 100% opens. Like, they're not real people. The, the UTM might help out more than anything else. You can tell people more like, well, what tool are you, or what tool, what the software they're using and so on. So, just find a way to connect that to your email data, so it's easier to filter out. Can you explain that a little bit? I'm like, I'm just a little confused on it myself. Like, you know, how do I draw the UTM, you know, the data from the from the machine or you know from the device? Google does that. Google Analytics or whatever tool you're using does that for you, right? Ah, okay. Got so it. you just yeah, add right. the UTM link that's connected to Google Analytics on your link, and then whenever people click, Google is the one getting the data. That's why you have to find a way to connect it to your your ESP's data, even if it's on an Excel sheet, just so that you know who went and who what people dropped off. And that might actually be a good thing because it might make people realize certain things. Like uh, you might have sent out, which then we're falling to marketing. You've sent people to a specific page, and you realize that the people drop off. Or you realize that people tend to click on the link and you're like, why are people interested in this link? Why don't I put that link in the next email and see people get, like I get more people responding or engaging with that page because people seem to be interested in that page. And then it can help you actually uh, work on your website a little bit more or realize that people like things. Like you're, you think that they want one message and they're looking for another one once they end on your website. So you might end up with uh, more information just because you never looked at it or never thought of it. Hmm. All right. So on this topic, I just want to kind of maybe raise a like a hypothetical question of like, what would be your reason for wanting to segment out Apple Mail people? Because I feel like as an ESP, you know, obviously we need to, to be able to nail the accuracy of that data. So if I tell you that somebody is Apple Mail, I need to find a way to really, really be able to give you accurate information. So we want to be responsible, first of all. But I guess it's like, what are you doing with that? Right. Like if you're using it for, you know, for, for development purposes or if you're using it to, you know, I think that's great. But like if you're just trying to kind of find a way to continue um, segmenting people by opens, like that's kind of just misguided strategy, perhaps. So I just, I wonder, yeah, I, I would be just really curious what the use cases would be for, for wanting to segment it out. Like I do think it's, you know, if, it, if it's just for tracking purposes, which I think is the best way to use an open rate is a directional one, just, just kind of accept the change, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, went from 60 degrees to 90 degrees. Okay. Well, you live with that. Now you live in a hot area, right? So um, I just think it's, you know, just, just live with the new normal. We've been dealing with the new normal for a long time now. Right. So I think just, just embrace it and, and kind of roll with what the new data looks like and then try to figure out how to use it. Yeah. Right. Well, I was thinking like for a few use cases, me like one is just what percentage of my list is Apple, you know, right. Like, mm-hmm. does it, is it a big issue? Is it a small issue? Um, and the other way is if you still want to test something based on the, just that subject line, you know, just your email, you want to see, you know, you're sending a newsletter, you're trying different subject lines, you want to get people to open the newsletter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're not selling a product necessarily, but you want to get good opens. I guess so, purely practical, um, uh, just even if just countdown timers, I want to know that if I send mm-hmm. a countdown timer, maybe I'll send a different countdown timer to that list that isn't time dependent. So that way, that, that mm-hmm. would be the only kind of practical use I can think of. Or if I'm really using live images, so someone like live clicker or move the link, if something updates live in time, if I, mm-hmm. if I know a segment doesn't open live, then maybe I'll try and give them something a bit more relevant. But I think everyone should be doing that anyway, rather than just segmenting for Apple. So that's it's, it's an argument, but not a great argument. Um, in terms of return on investment for development, uh, if someone wants to do interactive email, if they know how many people are on Apple Mail, they can know how many people might be able to see an interactive email rather than people that wouldn't. But I wouldn't, there would be no reason to segment them based on that. It would just be that one person would get an interactive version and one person wouldn't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Unless you've got an Apple download button on your email. So if you download an app on Apple or download it on something else, maybe that's another reason. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyone else want to add anything? All right, so how soon, I think we all agree, this should, this is probably going to become widespread, meaning block, increasing privacy, you know, getting rid of the, of, of tracking pixels, you know, and then when that happens, so then, yeah, we're done with the open <laughs> But so, how soon do you think that's going to happen? Like, if Gmail goes this way, and then Yahoo, and I don't know who's next. Everyone, hopefully. yeah i I think it's pretty easy to expect that everyone's going to go this way at some point so planning like even though apple have dropped this big bomb on us it's kind of a start planning for it and like like someone said in the email geeks group that they're pretty sure that uh, gmail are part testing this on people as well Mm -hmm. so they're probably going to be soon um yeah just think about it um yeah yeah all right i mean is this a good thing i think we all agree it's good right all right, guys, yeah. that's, I'm out of questions, but if anyone wants to just add anything you know, we didn't touch on today, go for it. We might not end this call ever, though. Yeah, I know. I did this uh, yeah, on your episode. You, I think you went on for 15 minutes, so I said final thoughts. I mean, hopefully this at least will give people like a concrete example on why open rates aren't accurate like i feel like i just have that conversation all of the time and why you should why it is a vanity metric so hopefully eventually i don't know maybe five years from now people everybody will say no mm-hmm. open rates are who cares what are open rates yeah so maybe that'll reduce some of uh, my workload. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Eventually, five years from now. Yeah, this is something interesting. I mean, Sergey's back. He's saying, according to the litmus, and I always like take this with a huge grain of salt, and I wonder if I'm the only one, but this email client market share, like how accurate is this data? Litmus has uh, all the C-tests you guys are doing, right? That They're doing a lot of C-tests. That they can tell the list, what's in people's lists. They're saying right now about 38, like that's the link where he shares like a, a good 38% of people are using. I mean, I don't know why people use iPhone. Don't come show up at my door. I'm like, I use iPhone. I'm cool. I'm not an iPhone. <laughs> I'm not a big iPhone fan. I do love my Mac though. But 38% means that I should be, I should have been looking at different metrics to begin with, right? Uh, that is a big amount, even if it's not for all companies. Like uh, I've, I've just moved to Europe recently and now like who cares about Yahoo, Hotmail and Google? 
there's all these other people I have to worry about, like GMX and the French people and the Italians. But on, on uh, you know, people do use iPhones over there. So it might be a problem for everyone. Just change. Don't don't uh, segment out your, your Apple. You, you won't you can't you won't be able to do that anyways. But I don't know. I think it's going to be a nice battle between Apple and Gmail right now. I'd like to see which one's going to stay on top in the next couple of years. And one thing that I would be really, really happy to see, or I think I'm going to call you all and we'll buy all bottles of champagne, is the first email marketing tool that removes opens and clicks as those like first metrics that you see and like starts putting, I don't know, bounces or bounce types and like spam complaints as the important metrics or revenue or whatever. I will commend them and send them like a bottle of champagne. Like, thank you for removing opens as a you know, in my face kind of metric that everything's doing okay. I'm going to be so happy and like, screw you, open rates. Because you're right, Emily, I'm so tired of people asking me. But can you imagine, like, my job is to make sure people receive emails and then I'm like, no one's receiving them. You're blocked. It's completely blocked. No one likes you. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've got 30% opens. No, no human has opened this email. It's like, yes, they have. It's 30% opens. It's like, no, they have not. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to have to argue about that anymore. That's going to be great because no one's going to see the statistic. I'm going to commend that company, like, a lot. <laughs> In terms of what Sergey said, though, like, I, I, I push for interactive email because that's what I do every day. But the first thing I say to clients is find out what your users use and then look at that. So um, Litmus is based on, like, the 3 billion emails or something they test. That's not your audience. So yeah, look at your audience and then that will give you a better idea. And uh, however you do that, either ESP metrics or um, even if you use some kind of analytics platform that will tell you what they're using, then that that's what you should rely on. And um, yeah, everyone that says like, oh, you should definitely do this because Apple Mail do it or because of a certain email client, you should always look at your list and think about it because if everyone's on Gmail, then just forget about it anyway. <laughs> Mm. yeah it does yeah go ahead oh just i just want to echo that like (laughs) i mean (laughs) the app is on a mobile phone not everybody's audience is our mobile users right um although you know mobile opens are whatever generally over half of all opens like uh that doesn't mean your audience is on mobile devices predominantly so it just depends for every business. It's not generalizable and um, it's not applicable to everybody or it's not a major concern, right? Some people have bigger fish to fry than Apple mail mm. <laughs> for their email program. Yeah. And I think going back to those, those uh, market share results, I mean, just remember where the data came from, like that is coming from Litmus. Yeah. It's based on a lot of, a lot of information, but um, who uses Litmus, right? It's probably not a heavy proportion of people who are sending transactional mail. So it's probably more marketing focused, more kind of that stuff, not to say it's all. Um, but, you know, so just, yeah, again, think about your own audience and the mail you're kind of sending and use that data as you should with all benchmark type reports with a grain of salt. <laughs> your own information is much more important than that. And I think just one last thought is just on open rates in general is, you know, we, we tend to, and, and even just the fact that we're so heavily reliant on engagement tracking that's based on the open activity. Like we're taking an open, whether it's from a human or from a bot or an anti-spam filter or whatever to be a sign of interest, but it doesn't always mean that they want to hear from you. It doesn't mean they like what you're sending. It just means that they were curious enough or annoyed enough or didn't recognize who you were as a sender enough to open the mail and figure out what the hell it is. Right. So I think it, again, yeah, just, just let them die, let them die, move on, focus on the stuff that matters. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you all. I mean, just one final question kind of for Jay. And maybe you guys all know this answer. But like how, you know, would you see a huge lift by sending, you know, international, in, I'm sorry, an international, but interactive emails? It depends on the audience and depends on what you're sending. But in general, if you've got a higher audience that has email devices that can support interactivity, then engagement seems to see a lift um, based on the click through from those versus just the static version. But it's not always the case and it's not a massive jump. It's kind of a, a two to five percent kind of jump on top. So even though um, I say that we like and I obviously I push for interactive email um, the it's really the icing on the top of the cake kind of thing so if you're doing personalization right you're doing segmentation right you're doing deliverability right you're doing everything else right and you've spent all this time doing lots of different things then and interactivity is like that that little thing on top that you can add to add that little bit extra it's not the silver bullet to solve whatever you're doing so um, yeah it's okay. something something extra Thank you. Yeah, because no, I'll tell you why I'm asking. Because uh, earlier today, I was looking at Stripo. Uh, I never actually used Stripo, but I was just checking it out for the templates. And I see they have some interac interactive templates that they sell if you become a paid member. Um, so it'd be like a hundred something dollars for a year. And I was wondering if that'd be right for my client, but maybe not. <laughs> so thank you well, all. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, go. Oh, so they do have, when you do do interactive and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, there's you have a like a backup if you're not do, like if you're doing one template for everyone you have like the the what do you call it um, the, the fallback yeah yeah the fallback oh. you know so most of the people might not be able to see it but you still have a template there so it might be interesting for the 10 percent of gmail that you have on your list or if your gmail is 60 percent of your list why not everybody likes interactive stuff everybody likes cool gadgets especially in the emails so you're like oh this is so cool you get so many similar emails and you have no one else to compete with really uh, I, don't know, I would have fun doing it. At least I mean, for a hundred bucks a year, like, and you don't have to learn how to code it yourself. Go for it. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I had to hire Jay, I would be broke by tomorrow. It doesn't it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of knowledge to do this. We might all be email geeks, but uh, we cannot code uh, that quickly. It'll take us so long. So that shit, everything. The, the Stripe templates are AMP as well, so they're kind yeah. of using that new technology that a lot of email geeks don't fully understand and fully know what to use so yeah it, it might be something that's worth looking into um, definitely all right thank you all i really appreciate you all coming out tonight um or this morning and we're really covering a lot of time zones here i'm in israel jay's in the uk yana Tori's in holland i think we're in the same same time zone or you're an hour off lauren's on the west coast still mm -hmm. yeah are you moving to the east coast because Rock, no, I, you know. I spent 15 years in New York City, and then I just moved to California. So now I'm on the West Coast, probably forever. Yeah, it's pretty great out but here. Socket Lab, but but Socket, Socket Labs is on the East Coast, correct? They are, yeah. They're based kind of right outside of Philadelphia, but obviously I just work remotely. Yeah. Okay, and that's fine. Yeah, sure it's is. the new yeah. normal. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> and Emily's in Detroit. So really, I love that we're in five time zones. So thank you all for coming out tonight. And uh, we got a like, so somebody cared. <laughs> so. Thank you, one person. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you guys go. Have a great day, great Thanks night, so great weekend. Oh, and uh, yeah, to the Americans, happy Fourth. Yeah, Thank you. it's coming up. Thanks. And that's our show for tonight. Inboxing this might be the close of Inboxing Season One, and we're waiting to find out from uh, maybe one more episode if uh, my next guest comes around soon. But I'm looking for sponsors for season two. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can go to Hillberg slash sponsor. 
Um, our audience is mostly email marketers. Uh, so if you're looking to sell a product uh, that involves email, definitely Inbox is a great platform to advertise on. So check that out. And you could always reach me, Hillel, at hillelberg.com. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.